0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and before we get into things today here, let me just say, if you like the show, if you like some of the topics we've covered... Go ahead and consider subscribing, go ahead and rate it wherever you get your podcasts out. It only takes a couple of seconds and it helps us out immensely. We appreciate everyone who does rate it and if you do leave a review, take a screenshot of that and send it over to Pete Mundo. You can find him on Twitter or on the Heartland College Sports official website. Send him that screenshot and you will get a free Heartland College Sports koozie and it is awesome for the summertime. But today we've got some stuff to talk about. We've got some actual news today. We've got some good things to cover. We've got some nuggets of K-State related news that we have to talk about in today's episode. I know we're in the middle of the offseason, and I know things are just kind of, you know, we'll see what happens, and everything's still kind of up in the air. We're out of the two major seasons with basketball and football. Let's talk about the nitty-gritty details behind K-State, the upgrades to the university, the good things, the bad things, everything you expect to happen. And in today, we have a great interview with the Athletic Director of the Year. Gene Taylor sitting down with K-State Athletics to talk some renovations and different things going on, talk about a couple of different topics about K-State. So I went through the interview. It's a 10-minute interview process here. I clipped out a couple of the nuggets I want to talk about, and I want to hit you with each clip and give you a reaction to it, covering things like contract extensions for both Chris Klein and Jerome Tang, things like selling beer at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and everything else under the K-State Purple Sun. That's what we're going to talk about today for the first part, and then we'll get into some Transfer Portal stuff in the back half of the episode, but let's start off here with Gene Taylor.
1: And what a year it's been for K State with men's basketball and football. I suppose we'll start there because the big question that everybody loves to talk about after they congratulate you, I'm sure, on the AD of the year and the success of football and men's basketball, the next questions are hey, when are we going to sign these coaches to big deals? So I guess I'll ask that same question.
2: Yeah, it's a fair question. And obviously, that's the nature of the business. Um, You know, clearly with Coach Kleiman, we're still working through that. I think, you know, that's probably going to be completed. You know, shortly, uh, once you get into the discussion of the financial arrangements, then you have to go into the language of the contract, and that takes a while. And I have not, uh, obviously, Coach Tang and I, he, we were going to wait through the season, and I don't want to bother him uh, during the season. And we'll probably sit down and, and start having those conversations and see what makes sense, uh, what's a fair agreement, you know, to reward him for the success he had, but that makes sure he's comfortable that we want him here for a while and he wants to stay here and those things take a little while but it'll certainly something we will start pretty soon
0: starting off with Chris Kleiman here we got some good nuggets from that first piece already that's the question everybody wants to know about what do we want to know about is signing our coaches and keeping the right guys in Manhattan starting off with Chris Kleiman here he is currently making 3.6 million dollars a year he's wrapped up through 2028 however with incentives he is now getting 3.9 million per year based off winning the big 12 title I don't know if that's going to be something where it's okay, let's extend him through 2035 immediately. You know, we still have five more years on the deal, and I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it by any means, but, like, we're in an okay spot with Chris Kleiman at the moment. And in theory, if you want to allocate more money over to the Jerome Tang Fund, that's a great idea. Get your guy wrapped up through 2030, get the pair of them at least here for five years, and then re-extend Kleiman as that contract deal goes on. But the question is, is what does soon mean? Does soon mean 2025 we look at it? Does soon mean 2026 we look at it? Or does it mean by the end of the summer? You know what I mean? I don't know what's, what's supposed to be the, the immediate response there, but I think the sooner you can get both guys wrapped up for a while, that's good. We already have climbing through 2028. I'd like to see that push to 2035, 2034, keep him for a while, you know, the next 10 years would be great. But at least I feel like getting Tang under contract would be the priority since we have climbing through 2028. However, K-State's going to give him a boatload of money either way just for winning the Big 12 as well as the continued success he's had. And I think he should be one of the top teams in the Big 12 once again. Now on the Jerome Tang front, the guy needs to get a blank check immediately. Anything you can do to keep Tang here for at least a decade and then the rest of his life is what I want. No time exit would be great for both these guys. Absolutely zero exit plan for either coach would be incredible for K-State fans. Now, if you can get Tang, say 2030, just get Tang to 2030 and we'll go from there. The next seven years, you know, what do you pay him? $5 million a year? Is that too much money? $4 million? I think Roddy Terry signed for $6 million a year at Texas. And granted, they've got bigger boosters. They've got bigger people. But you could give Tang $5 million a year, $4 million a year in that in that Chris Kleiman spot and keep him through 2030. Whatever we need to do to keep these guys here, that is a great starting point. But let's move on to our next topic of conversation here with Gene Taylor.
1: We have some facility stuff here. as okay. It seems to be always the, the questions <laughs> that get thrown out there. We'll start I'm with guessing a, there's got to be a beer question in there, right? Uh, yes, our good friend Scott, uh, Scott Wildcat with that one. We'll have that one in a bit. First, Catfan28 jumps in and asks, what is the timeline for the new... Bill Snyder Family Stadium, a football turf to be
2: installed and completed by. That's a great question. Great timing. As a matter of fact, they should be pulling that turf out right after we're done with spring practice. Uh, that turf will be the exact same style of turf that we have both on the indoor and, and outdoor facility. Uh, that'll take oh, approximately, I think, six to eight weeks to put in and, and it'll be ready for, for, for fall season. So uh, we'll have three brand new turfs in the football facilities will look great, and the symmetry
1: between having all three fields the same surface will be great for Chris Kleiman and his staff.
0: Yeah, I mean, they said it there. It's great for the staff and the players and everybody involved in the organization, you know. You practice on a field, you play on the practice field, and then you go out there and play on a completely different turf at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's not to say that it's that big of a difference, but I know guys can tell the difference when there's a wrong turf on the field. And getting all three the same, it's going to just feel more comfortable, more natural for the athletes, so I think that's a great thing. It's not something that I'm writing home about. I'm sending, you know, thousands of dollars their way to figure this out. That's not a massive pressing issue, but it's a good thing to see, and it's awesome to hear about in terms of updates and renovations, because K-State's brand nationally is developing at a rapid rate, at a massive rate. I mean, you walk into a bar and everybody knows K-State. I got asked at uh, Quick Trip a couple weeks ago by this old lady if she could, you know, if I could help her unload her her lawnmower from her car. She just gotten fixed up. And I basically, she asked where I was at. And I was just like, oh, I just got done. I graduated from K-State. And she goes, oh, you guys are the heroes right now. And I said, yes, exactly that. We are the heroes right now. Everybody knows us. Everybody loves us. That's who we are. It was such a cool thing. But it's just like you walk around and you know these things. K-State is developing at a rapid rate. And seeing things like the field and the different buildings get updated and renovated, it's always a good sign. But let's move on to our next topic here. Moving forward, Gene Taylor.
1: How's the decision on beer sales and exit slash reentry? going for the 2023 season.
2: You know, it's it's a it's a great question, the answers we're going to be the same. Uh right now the the fan base is split and we do a survey every year and there's about 50% of the fan base that wants us to continue the exit re-entry and 50% of the fan base wants to sell beer and we we have to do one or the other. And at some point I know I keep saying this, I apologize <laughs> cuz I say it every year. Uh, we're going to make a decision and one way or the other it's going to, you know, somebody's going to not be happy about it. We'll continue to monitor kind of where we are with things. We've added some areas, as you know, within the stadium and, and see if that's where the popularity continues to go. And if we have less people going out, then we'll probably make a call here pretty soon. You know, I would like to make a decision sooner rather than later. Um, I, I think, you know, we just need to sit down and have that conversation. But right now, we're still leaning towards exit reentry uh next next season yeah and the other part of
1: scott's question about is it off the table now after this no it sounds like you'll just keep reevaluating it each year
0: so i gotta be honest with you i love beer as much as the next guy but when i'm at a k-state game i'm there to work you know i'm there to watch k-state write about k-state see my three thoughts and get out of there you know what i mean i'm not necessarily there to crush you know four tall boys and do the wabash which i believe it or not i have been a veteran of doing the wabash with four tall boys in my system but either way like That hasn't been my primary function when I go to K-State games. However, the fan experience is such a 50-50 thing on this situation, like Gene Taylor was talking about. The current policy is that you have to exit the stadium, go to a little beer stand, and then come back in the stadium with your beer. It hasn't really affected me much. You know, everybody tailgates either way. Everybody has their drinks. They find a way in. But realistically, like, this isn't the biggest thing in my mind where I'm like, this has to change immediately. But I know how passionate fans are. I mean, who doesn't want an ice-cold beer on game day? That's the difference, you know? It is Bill Snyder family stadium. It's a family aspect, but like, it's just going to depend. I mean, they said they're going to reevaluate it every year. I'm not going to be the one banging the drum that says, we have to have beer for me to support this team. No way am I doing that. I am not that guy, and I hope you guys aren't either. But either way, you know, whatever happens, happens there. It's about a 50-50 chance regardless. I think it's just going to depend on the numbers. So scanning how many people leave, how many people re-enter with their beer. If that number is above 50%, whatever the case is, that's when they're going to start arguing that case of, all right, let's just sell beer in the stadium, keep fans inside, we don't need a massive crowd, but you you send six people out that way to re-exit and get a beer, you have six beers in the stadium, they're not changing that. They're not changing that a single bit. So if you want the rule to change, go ahead and exit the stadium and then re-enter and make sure you do it about eight different times so they can clock you eight different times. That's probably the end goal here for that updated situation. But let's move on forward here with another topic of conversation.
1: At C underscore banning
2: asks, how are season tickets looking for football this year? Great. Uh, a year ago at this time, we were about seventy-five percent renewal rate. Right now, we're ninety percent, uh, which is tremendous. Uh, a lot of it, again, a lot of energy coming off of last last season, and so I think we'll meet our uh, full capacity of season tickets here very, very shortly. Um, and, and, it's, and we even you know it did some increasing of, of prices. We gave them an opportunity to get the last year's price in early, and, but people are buying, and, and they're excited about it.
0: Now, it's not the biggest shocker in the world that they're managing to fill Bill Snyder Family Stadium, but the one little nugget, the micro detail in there, was him saying, we did some price increasing, and people were still buying. Fans are dedicated to this team. Now, I don't know exactly what the increase is. I don't have the kind of money to be a season ticket holder. I'll tell you that right now. But it's interesting to see how many people are coming back. You know, at this time last year, they were at 75% of their renewers. Now they're at 90% of their renewers. And it's not to say that K-State hasn't been successful. I mean, we've been a free bowl team every single year. You know what I mean? This year, we win the Big 12. And next year, we have a good shot of winning the Big 12. The year after that, you know, we've got college football playoff aspirations. This team is generating buzz among fan bases everywhere. Whether it's basketball or football, like, the continued success of both programs is a massive selling point for any university. I mean, you think about how many teams, like there's a stat that shows how many teams had a football team and a basketball team in the top 10 in this season. There was two teams. It was K-State and Tennessee. And both teams for Tennessee were pretty solid. They ended up getting beaten basketball. They were kind of pretenders. Same thing a little bit with football. They did beat Alabama at one point with Hendon Hooker. But K-State is up there. You know, fans don't necessarily think of K-State at the front of their minds when you think of what is a powerhouse university in both football and basketball? You know, K-State doesn't always come to mind, you know, neither does KU for that football reason, but like, I think the closest thing we have to that in the Big 12 is like, I mean, TCU was close this year, you get Texas in the couple past years where they've been decent in both, I don't know, it doesn't seem like that's really been our MO, but I'm so glad it's K-State, and I feel like that's going to continue to to build with the personalities and the players we have in both locker rooms, you know. You've got guys like Avery Johnson, who I think is going to be the greatest player this might be a hot take, fair warning. The greatest player to ever wear a K-State jersey. Uh, go ahead and give it some time because that one's going to need some time to cook for sure. I think Avery Johnson is going to be incredible for K-State. That's my bold prediction, which isn't really a bold prediction, you know. And I think guys like that are going to develop. Taj Manning and guys that are young come into the team. R.J. Jones, Didi Ames for basketball. There's young guys for both teams that are going to continue to make K-State a national brand, and I am so excited for it. Moving on to our next topic here.
1: Are there plans to spruce up the backside of the new Volleyball Olympic Training Facility with some nice graphics? It's the new backdrop for baseball games and could be a great canvas for a super creative backdrop and the outfield. This is from At Iosaba, who himself has outed himself as a graphic designer, so maybe he's campaigning <laughs>
2: campaign for, to, to
1: put his own graphic design on there. Uh,
2: you know, we actually looked at, I've been to the games, uh, and I I see what we're talking about. There wasn't anything in the original plan uh, for that facility. It was going to be mainly on the main entrance side. But, yeah, we're starting to talk about what can we do, Big power cat, uh, you know, power, K-State athletics, K-State baseball, and really kind of dress it up. And that's certainly something we'll look at. We haven't, it's not part of the original plan, so we'll probably have to do it uh, next, next fiscal year.
0: No, I'm not usually one that's like, you know what, that's ugly. Let's get that out of here. Let's change things around. Honestly, buildings are buildings, you know, no matter what, K-State is one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. All the limestone in Manhattan, if you haven't been to the campus, it is a gem, an absolute beautiful piece in the middle of Manhattan, Kansas. However, there is one building that I absolutely despise, and it's the new volleyball facility. It looks beautiful from the outside. However, when you're batting on the baseball field, all you see in the outfield is a giant white wall. It is a big bleeping wall just staring at you. This big white canvas of nothingness. You know, it's like if you put up like sheets to block people out of a certain room, that's what it looks like. If you put up 50 feet blackout curtains, that's what we're hitting baseballs into. I mean, it doesn't look good. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not anything. It's, it's like a bad backdrop. You know, it just blocks off everything pretty about K State. So there absolutely has to change. That absolutely has to change. We need a good-looking graphic. I've seen ones all over Twitter that look awesome. Hire the dudes from Twitter to do this. Hire anybody to do this. It needs to change. We can't just have a white wall being behind. It's not the big green monster or anything. It's a big white wall looking at us, and it's terrible to look at. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and look on Twitter. Look around on social media. You'll see it in a heartbeat. Just look up the new volleyball facility and look from the baseball view. Basically, if you're batting, you are staring out into a white pool of nothingness. That's what you're seeing, and I absolutely hate it. It's got to change, so I'm glad they've talked about that. However, I might just have to sit on my hands for another year and deal with it. Either way, I'm so, so thankful that is going to change.
1: All right, last question from Twitter. What is the timeline for replacing the Bramlage Court, and
2: who was involved in the approval of the final design? This is from At Strani. Boy, these uh, the questions are very timely, as a matter of fact. We just... Uh been looking at court designs between staff and the two basketball staffs. Uh, came up with something that we feel very comfortable with, and that process will start this summer, and we'll have a brand-new court for next season. Um, you know, it's not going to be anything crazy. We we really want to just show what we have in terms of our logo and, and color scheme. It's We're not going to have anything wild within the court design. It's going to be very bright and very... Very clear. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really brighten up the, the the look and feel of Bramwich. Right. So for those that were hoping for a lavender court, it's <laughs> yeah, not going to be in the works. Now, least. there might be a little lavender in there somewhere, maybe. So don't be surprised if there's a little lavender somewhere in the mix. Have to. It's the new uh, unofficial color of
1: K-State.
0: Yeah. Did you guys hear what I hear there? Did you hear what I heard? A little hint of lavender somewhere on the court. What does that mean? Let me put on my detective hat here, my my cool monocle to talk about this. I'm going to deep dive on this. What does a little bit of lavender mean to you as a K-State fan? Does it mean we're getting the cocaine Willie mascot where he looks all weird and wilded out with a hint of lavender in his eyeballs? Does it mean we're getting the flag Willie where he's holding the flag and the K-State is written in lavender? Or does it mean we're having a giant lavender power cat in the middle of the court? Like, I don't know. I've thought about this for a while and I've done some different ideas of what I think is going to happen. I really think it's still going to be some variety. Like, I don't think it'll be the power cat. I don't. However, there's going to be power cats somewhere on the court. That's just how it goes. But I think the little lavender he's referring to, if you haven't seen the mascot of Flag Willy, I'm sure you've seen the three breakdowns. There's the Cocaine Willie, which I don't know if that's the actual term, but that's what we're going to roll with. That has been branded all over the internet, so we're rolling with that. You've got the Flag Willy, which is the old vintage Willy holding the flag and waving it. And I think that is going to be the logo at center court. And my thought process here, Now, I know that a little bit of lavender sounds enticing to say this is a massive thing. We're going to get lavender on the court. It's going to look beautiful because if you're like me, you absolutely love wearing the lavender. The lavenders look incredible. When you see Coach Tang and the staff wearing their lavender quarter zips from Nike, which they need to make more of, I finally got mine with the flag Willie on the chest. I am so thrilled about that. When you see the team wearing that, that is unbelievable. I mean, the purple has been forever. Just purple, purple, purple. I would not be surprised if K-State football did something lavender soon. The way that looked in every single game, the script Wildcats with the purple lavender on it, unbelievable. K State through and through has to run with the lavender more. I think that it's going to be a flag Willie really at center court. I do, and I think the lavender comes in in some little minute detail. I don't think it's going to be as much as we think, but when Gene Taylor says there's a fraction or a small little bit of flag Willie, that's just what I see. Flag Willie is going to be holding the K State. He's wearing the little K sweatshirt. I wouldn't. I would bet that flag Willie might barely have an outline of lavender. Unless we get the cool cocaine Willy. That's what I think. I think it's gonna be flag Willy if waving the flag, wearing that little K sweatshirt jumper thing. And he's gonna be outlined in lavender or maybe on his flag, because he holds the little banner flag thing. I could see that being lavender. I don't see it being like a focal point of like, oh, this is a lavender logo. We are set up for this. You know, I see a few bits and pieces or areas we need to focus on with it. I pray every day that it's going to be cocaine-willy at center court. I think that's going to be the best thing I've ever seen. But either way, this has been the Everything Ema podcast, presented by the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and i got to say once again, thank you so much for joining us here. It has been a beautiful Wednesday, and I hope you're having a wonderful one yourself. But either way, if you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing, rate it, review. And remember, if you send that screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo, you can find him on Twitter or Heartland College Sports website. You will get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. They are awesome to keep your drinks cold, and it is a great thing to have this summer. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Cats!